If Roe versus Wade falls, do pro-lifers have a battle plan to protect the unborn? I can tell you this, pro-choicers do. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show, is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by donating to Created Equal at createdequal.org. You know, in Proverbs 29, in verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And unfortunately, after the, over the last 50 years, we have seen a nation, America, that has no vision. And therefore, we are on the verge of perishing as a nation. I think we can all agree there's some really bad signs ahead, some indicators that we are, uh, our nation is, is in decline. And one of those, of course, is the shedding of innocent blood, abortion. For almost 50 years now, Abortion has been decriminalized. The Supreme Court handed down a decision of Roe versus Wade in 1973. And ever since then, we have seen the wholesale slaughter of unborn babies in numbers that we have never seen in world history. We are over 60 million dead. And uh, I would say that we are on the verge, possibly, of taking one, down one of the biggest obstacles to bringing back protection to the unborn by bringing down Roe versus Wade. The chances that it might be overturned soon uh, are better than they've ever been, really, uh, at least in the last 30 years since Planned Parenthood versus Casey was brought before the U.S. Supreme Court. And there were a lot of pro-lifers at that time that thought that that was going to be the case that overturned Roe. Well, unfortunately, it wasn't. It reaffirmed most of the findings of Roe v. Wade and for the last 30 years, we've been battling to get it back up to the Supreme Court. And we now have the case that I think could uh, overturn Roe. It's certainly the most consequential Supreme Court case that we've heard or they've heard in the last 30 years. And the oral arguments in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization will be heard on December 1st. And Created Equal will be there on the ground in front of the Supreme Court with our abortion victim photography. And we'll be working with other pro-life groups as well to be part of the public witness out front of the Supreme Court on that day. But today what I want to discuss is what do we do if our goal of overturning Roe versus Wade actually happens? Now, before we get into all of that, let me just say I'm cautiously optimistic. I would say that I'm more optimistic than I was six months ago when I thought that maybe this wasn't going to happen. So what I've, you know, things I've been reading uh, and just, you know, some of the events that have taken place in the state of Texas, for an example, with the heartbeat bill uh, being enforced and the U.S. Supreme Court leaving it in place, things like that, little indicators like that. Uh, are showing that I think it's highly likely that they might overturn Roe v. Wade. The other reason why I think it's important that we consider this is that the Supreme Court uh, took the case of Dobbs v. Jackson. They didn't need to. Uh, Dobbs v. Jackson deals with a 15-week abortion ban. They could have just struck it down. They could have just said, 
this violates Roe versus Wade, and therefore we're not going to hear the case. But there were four justices on the Supreme Court that agreed to hear the case. That means to me that there are four justices at minimum that want to do something on abortion, that want to do something different on abortion that has been done historically at the U.S. Supreme Court. So all they need is one more vote if you count the four as anti-Roe votes. They only need one more vote to strike down Roe v. Wade. And so I think uh, we need to be planning for the distinct possibility that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. Now, as a caveat, let me allow let me say this. I, for one, has always believed that we need to be passing laws at the state level, irrespective of Roe versus Wade. Uh, That means that we should be passing laws that ban abortion, that violate Roe versus Wade, Uh, because Roe versus Wade is not law. Roe versus Wade is an opinion of the U.S. Supreme Court, a decision of seven justices out of nine that imposed their will on millions of Americans and took the uh, the issue, which should have been handled at the state legislative le- level, took it away from state legislatures, le- legislatures and gave it to the US Supreme Court where it didn't belong. And that is because and it doesn't belong because the right to privacy, so-called, that they found in the penumbras of the Bill of Rights that extends to abortion, that just doesn't exist. Uh, the words abortion, right to privacy, reproductive choice, all of those things do not uh, find themselves in the, US, uh, in the U.S. Constitution. It was a fabrication of the U.S. Supreme Court, and therefore it's illegitimate. And we should be denying Roe v. Wade. We should be disobeying Roe v. Wade. We should be defying Roe v. Wade at the state legislative level. That's why I got involved in an abortion ban in, 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 in the Ohio legislature in 2006, which was the first abortion ban of its kind in the nation. I did that in 2006. In 2011, I was part of the group that introduced the heartbeat bill, which is, again, a bill that confronts Roe versus Wade. Unfortunately, our legislature, I mean, our, our governor and the attorney general and law enforcement don't enforce those laws because they bend the knee to Roe v. Wade. That's a problem. But I believe we need to be working both at the legislative level, at the state level, passing abortion bans and trying to put justices on the U.S. Supreme Court who will rule to overturn Roe v. Wade. And we might be there finally because of the addition of three Trump appointees, three Trump nominees, the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, we could be on the precipice of overturning Roe v. Wade. So with all that in mind, what I want to do here today is talk about what a roadmap would look like in a post-Roe America. What would it look like, if you will? I can tell you this, the other side, the pro-abortion side, they have a roadmap. It's laid out in this book and in other places, in publications online and so forth. They have a roadmap. This roadmap was written by Robin Marty, who's a pro-abortion advocate and writer. And she wrote the book, A Handbook for a Post-Roe America. So the truth of the matter is the pro-abortion side is ready to go. They already know what they're going to do if Roe v. Wade's overturned. And the issue for us is, are we ready also? 
to uh, to operate in a post row America. And I'm afraid most of the pro-life movement is not prepared for that. But we need to be in the event that next summer or whenever this decision is handed down and they overturn Roe v. Wade. So with that in mind, what I'd like to do is go through a couple of uh, the what we would consider the possible scenarios for a post Roe America. And I got a lot of this information from some of the writings online by pro-abortion blogs and and, and authors, uh, one of them being the Center for Reproductive Rights that wrote that if Roe versus Wade were overturned, that abortion would be illegal in half of the U.S. states and U.S. territories. So this isn't a pro-life source. This is a pro-abortion source saying that in over half of the states and the U.S. territories, all of the U.S. territories, abortion would be illegal if Roe versus Wade were overturned. They go on to say that if Roe fell, in other words, it was overturned, 22 states already have laws that could be used to restrict legal the legal status of abortion. Eight states would retain their unenforced pre-abortion, uh, pre-Roe abortion laws. Now, these are laws that were on the books prior to Roe versus Wade that have not been taken off the books that would immediately go into effect if Roe versus Wade were overturned. According to the Center for Reproductive Rights, they also say that 11 states have post-Roe laws um, that would ban all or nearly all abortions that would be triggered if Roe were overturned. And so what we've been seeing lately in the last couple of years in anticipation for the possibility of Roe versus Wade to be overturned, that state legislatures have been passing what they call trigger laws. And that is a law that says we, the state of such and so, will ban abortion. This this law will go into effect if Roe versus Wade is overturned. And there are a lot of those. Those are eight state or 11 states that have what we call trigger bans, trigger laws that would go into effect and ban abortion if Roe were overturned. According to the Center for Reproductive Rights, also nine states have post-Roe restrictions that are currently blocked by the courts but could be brought back into effect with a court order in Roe's absence. Now, those are primarily uh, the heartbeat bills and some bills similar to that. So nine states have bills like that. All said, the Center for Reproductive Rights say that half of the states in the nation would move almost immediately to make abortion illegal in those states. Now, 21 states, according to the Center for Reproductive Rights, would keep abortion legal. And we know which ones those are. Those are typically the blue states. The blue states, states that went for Joe Biden, New York, California, a lot of the East Coast, a lot of the West Coast, right? But based on the Center for Reproductive Rights analysis, if the Supreme Court were to overturn Roe versus Wade, abortion would uh, remain legal in 21 states. But there are 24 states, according to them, um, that are located primarily in the southern parts of the country that could move to make abortion illegal almost immediately. 
uh, by reviving old abortion bans or enacting new ones. And so that is the landscape to which we would find ourselves uh, after Roe versus Wade had overturned. And if you want to find out more, you can go to the map that is on the website, reproductiverights.org. What if Roe fell? That's an article slash what if Roe fell? And it has a map there and you can kind of click around there and see which states are most likely to ban abortion immediately. Others that are kind of in the middle that might be more of a battle and those who would keep it legal. It's a very interesting site. And I think it's one that we can use to uh, set up our roadmap. So what do we do, though, as a pro-life movement? If this were the case and this would be the landscape that we're dealing with, this would be the map of the United States that we would be handed the day after Roe v. Wade were overturned. What should the pro-life movement do? I think that's an important question, one that I have been uh, considering uh, a lot lately because we want to be ready. If Roe isn't overturned, then it's the status quo. We still have to do some real reevaluation and maybe adjust our tactics uh, respective of that kind of a decision. But I'm not predicting that. I think there's going to be something done on abortion, whether it's a full overturning of Roe or some other kind of middle ground like finding uh, instead of viability being the standard, some something like a, a fetal pain standard, something like that. That's all possible. Well, we are anticipating the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and therefore we are planning for that. Now, putting on my uh, my speculation glasses, uh, let me kind of hopefully give you some ideas as to what the other side might do. Of course. It's outlined in this book here as well, The Handbook for a Post-Row America by Mar- Marty, uh, Mar- uh, Robin Marty. But there are other things that the, the federal government could do if Roe versus Wade were overturned. And, and we need to be uh, at least uh, at some level preparing for that. We know we might have a state-by-state battle, right? We're going to have a state-by-state battle, and we're going to have to pick our battles there as to which states we invest our resources and which states we don't. We know that, and this map lays that out for us, our battle plan. But the things that could happen, uh, and, and I think some of them are highly likely to happen, one of them is this, and we know this because Joe Biden has already said it. Democrats have already put it out there as one of their priorities, and that is to end the filibuster in the Senate. If the filibuster is ended, then they can they can rush through any uh, Supreme Court justice they want. They can also pass the uh, it, uh, they can pass abortion laws without a 60 vote margin. So I expect that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, that the United States Senate is going to quickly move to try to end the filibuster rule right away. Additionally, the Biden uh, administration has said that they would work to expand the U.S. Supreme Court to 13 or more justices. In other words, they packed the court with leftists, with with pro-abortion justices, so that they could quickly, possibly, go back to a Roe versus Wade regimen or something even worse. Uh, They want this to never happen again, where uh, the conservatives can um, have have a majority on the court 
and 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 Roe versus Wade, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, as a result of that, they don't want that to ever happen again. So they will load up the U.S. Supreme Court with uh, with their own people. One of the things I also believe is very likely is that a lawsuit will immediately be brought in a, in a state that will be based on the violation of the Equal Protection Clause. Now, why do I say that? And that's because Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is deceased, and now Amy Coney Barrett sits in her seat on the U.S. Supreme Court, said when she talked about Roe versus Wade that Roe v. Wade is on flimsy legal ground. In other words, she believed that the right to abortion should not be found in the right to privacy, which, of course, the court made up, but should be found in the Equal Protection Clause based on gender equity. In other words, the idea that men and women should be able to compete and uh, in, in American society and the economy equally. And in order to do that, women have to have the right to abortion because pregnancy would keep them from doing so. So she has always advocated that the right to abortion should be found in the Equal Protection Clause of the U.S. Constitution, which means that I'm sure the pro-abortion side is, is even at this very moment preparing a lawsuit at the state level to challenge the, uh, the abortion laws in a state that would make abortion illegal based on a violation of equal protection. So we could quickly see a case be brought up to the U.S. Supreme Court if Roe v. Wade were overturned based on equal protection uh, to try to reestablish the right to abortion in the U.S. Constitution, as it, as they say it would. So that's something to keep your eyes open for. Uh, federal legislation is also very likely. In fact, Congress has already uh, introduced and the House of Representatives have passed the Women's Health Protection Act, which is the most radical pro-abortion uh, piece of legislation to ever been passed by the House of Representatives that could be enacted at a federal level if it were to get through the U.S. Senate and signed by the, uh, the president. Uh, that would eliminate all state bans on abortion. It would, pre it would preempt them. And all of those bans that would go into effect after Roe v. Wade's overturn would be basically subject to the Women's Health Protection Act, which would be a federal legislation. So that's another possibility. Federal legislation making abortion legal up until the very moment of birth. Another possibility is the Food and Drug Administration and their uh, authority over the abortion pill. Now, we know recently that the FDA loosened its restrictions on the abortion pill during COVID. That is that you can uh, get the bill or uh, the pill prescribed without a face-to-face -face meeting with a physician. In other words, women can get the bill the, the pill prescribed by telemedicine, and they allowed that during COVID. My uh, belief is that they would make that permanent. The moment that uh, Roe v. Wade were overturned, the Food and Drug Administration would move to make that provision permanent that women would be able to get the abortion pill without a face-to-face -face meeting with their doctor over uh, the internet through telemedicine. Uh, which brings us to the question as to whether 
that type of uh, order, if you will, from the federal uh, government, from the Food and Drug Administration, would preempt and invalidate any state restrictions on medical abortions. Uh, Think about it. Right now, there are restrictions on medical abortions. I assume there would be more if Roe v. Wade were overturned. In fact, many state bans would be applied to medical abortions, to pill abortions. They would be immediately illegal in many states. Would a move by the Food and Drug Administration to allow for this type of thing, uh, um, abortion pills to be prescribed over the Internet, would that preempt state law prohibiting the abortion pill? Again, that remains to be seen, but it could be something the federal government does. Now, getting out there on a limb a little bit in my predictions, uh, it's possible, and this is according to some of the articles that I've uh, read, one of them in The Atlantic, talked about the possibility that the federal government could take bold action and actually lease property itself to or establish its own abortion clinics on federal lands. Now, think about that. I don't think many people have considered it, but there are federal lands. They're not states. They're federal property, lands that the U.S. federal government owns. And if they were to establish their own abortion centers on these lands by utilizing that property uh, to perform abortions. Now, I don't know if that's too far of a stretch, but it's possible, I guess. Uh, Beyond that, could federally recognized Native American tribes do the same? Because property owned by Native American tribes uh, are not federal or state property. So the reason why I bring this up is because this is actually uh, presented years ago in 2006 when a Sioux tribe in South Dakota said that they were going to do this because abortion was going to be banned in the state of South Dakota. They were going to establish abortion clinics or an abortion clinic on tribal lands. So it's possible that Native American tribal lands could become safe havens for abortion clinics providing abortions. Uh, Additionally, what about the federal government hiring abortion providers themselves and considering them federal employees? This is a possibility as as well, and thus they'd be immune from state lawsuits and other statutes that would be passed at the state level. And finally, this one. If abortion providers were made federal officials, you could call them privacy protectors who could be deemed to be operating under the authority of the federal government. These privacy protectors could even perform consultations on federal property like army bases. So what you could have is federal lands, army bases, or tribal lands being a place of a safe haven, if you will, for abortion clinics to operate and kill babies. That's a possibility. Some of those things we have to consider as we look at the possibilities of this happening in a post-Row America. So what is Amer- what is, uh, what is uh, Created Equal going to do? Well, we have an action plan as well, and I will be sharing that in future programs here on the Mark Harrington Show. But, folks, I want you to take action today. And the first thing you can do 
is to go to our YouTube page at The Mark Harrington Show. You can like the page. You can share the page, subscribe to the page, and click on the notification bell and let us know that you're following the program. Also, you can pick up The Mark Harrington Show on all your popular podcasting platforms. That's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of them. You can find all of those at the bottom of my website at markharringtonshow.com, markharringtonshow.com. You can subscribe to those programs. Please leave a review. That helps us get the program in front of more people. If you can't listen to this over the air or on my social media platforms and you'd like to be have it, have it available 24-7, the best way to do that is to subscribe to my podcast, Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show, on all your popular podcasting platforms. And finally, you can follow us here on Facebook. If you would, you can leave a comment. Uh, You can find us at The Mark Harrington Show on Facebook. Leave a comment. I'll respond to that. We come to you every Thursday here on Facebook and social media, and we're broadcast terrestrial over the weekend on American Family Radio and Salem Radio in selected markets across America. So we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America... You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.